0: everybody welcome back to another episode of the fear cast this podcast dedicated to ocd anxiety anxiety spectrum disorders and giving your life back i'm your host kevin foss and i'm a licensed clinician specializing in ocd and anxiety treatment thank you all everybody for joining me for this uh for this episode oh man it's fun to settle back into actually recording a, a, an episode with, with some questions in it uh thank you all for or um stick in two or or if you've been listening to the anxiety in the arts series uh, that was so those were some uh, interviews I did um gosh like a, a couple of months ago and um uh, and, and now editing those together and putting them out. We only have maybe I, I think just maybe just one more in the series. Um, but um, but if you are an artist or in the arts um, and experience anxiety or anxiety has affected your ability to do your art um, in any in in any way, I'd love to hear your story. And you know in in those um, episodes, my job is not to be a, a therapist and try to point you in the right direction or therapize you as it were, but but instead just to share your story wherever you are in this in the process. If you've fully recovered from it, great. If you're still in the throes of it and struggling with it, great. I think all those stories are important. Anyways, I'm sidetracking myself already and it's only been a minute so um for those of you who are new this is a question and answer based podcast where you can send me questions about ocd and anxiety and i will read them listen to them and likely put them up on a future episode and you know what i have shared before that if you audio record yourself reading your question that will get preferential treatment and guess what everybody this is happening this week so i got a question I think earlier in this week and it's coming up this week. It's coming up today even. So, um, so I really appreciate Jen for sending that in. And um, uh, if you would like your question bumped to the top of the list, you can go over to fearcastpodcast.com and send me the link to to wherever you are storing or putting your um, uh, putting your question. Uh, so you can record it onto your phone, record it through Skype, download the audio, whatever it is, and upload it to Google Drive. You can send it that way. Uh, you can record it. You can go over to Instagram and record it over there. You can send me a direct message and, and record your audio there. Um, I do believe that, uh, that this question came from a specific app, and they sent that over. I'm going to say it, it was a little bit questionable. I'm putting it, pu- pu- pulling it up right now. Now, it was from VR Pro, whatever that is, or Voice Record Pro. Either way, it got to me. Uh, it expires. Apparently, these r- the links expire within 24 hours. So it was a good thing I checked my email that day. So, um, anyways, they they do get to me. But if they are sent and you know the tape explodes when you send it to me, I sometimes don't get some emails. I'm sorry, everybody. Anyhow, so um, so that's what's going to happen this week. Um, We'll get into that in just a moment, but um, uh, I'll I'll you know I actually don't really have anything to add here at the top of this. I think we should probably just get into it um so the first thing i wanted to do is just uh so we're going to read one question really really fast it's not even a question it's it's not even i guess it's feedback it's positive feedback it's nice feedback so this one came from nick so nick said hey kevin thanks for the great podcast not really an anxiety question they said what's the name of the opening music and he said this it's a real banger um uh, uh please share if you can thanks so uh nick i wanted to uh just address this one at the very top so the 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 music at the very top so the I if you've listened to old episodes you hear the the original music it's kind of kind of uh, poppy and electronic and really fun um i i had envisioned a song from owl city initially um but there's no way i was going to clear the rights for owl city music so i found something and got it but i've always wanted to put up different music so i wrote that music and i played all those instruments now some of those instruments are digital instruments but i coordinated where how the drum pattern was going to go and how everything else was going to go but the guitar the bass the synth. Or the the fake digital B three organ in there. I played all those, so it's kind of an exposure for myself to have something that I I wrote, put and and. I wrote recorded and then put it up there. So it's, it, it warms my heart that someone out there appreciates it. Cause I like it and, um, I hope it sounds good. I th- it's fit the podcast pretty well. And I think that it just needed a little bit of something new. Um, also I wanted to coordinate that with the anxiety in the arts. I figured, you know what, if other people are putting themselves out there, I'm going to put myself out there and see how it goes. And I think it turned out all right. And Nick, thank you so much for that boost of confidence. It felt great. So, um, uh, uh, anyhow, if you if you out there like the music, I love positive feedback. If you out there hate the music, you know, you just go ahead and keep your opinion to yourself or stop listening. That's also an option. So, um, sometimes there are things in life that we just don't like, and if my music is the thing that you just don't like, that's something that you're going to have to sit with and tolerate, and I'm going to have to sit there and tolerate not knowing whether or not all of you out there are just Hating it aggressively, except for Nick. Nick apparently likes it, so that's nice. Anyhow, enough of my yammering. So we're going to get off to the question. So I'm going to play uh, Jen's question here in just a moment, and you'll hear my thoughts and uh, and, and feedback and, and and suggestions in just a moment.
1: Hey, Kevin. Thanks for all that you do. So I have a question for you. I um, had no prior experience with anxiety or clinical anxiety or, o- or OCD um, up until this past year and um, um, actually had a, a health incident happen that landed me on a benzodiazepine and in coming off the benzo. It has um, brought a host of, of all sorts of potpourri, poo-poo platter of all the anxiety, including intrusive thoughts and probably... Uh, some OCD responses. And so my question is, it's kind of a cross between a false memory OCD and a real event OCD. I had a, I'm 51, um, but I had a memory that popped up probably when I was 30, just kind of popped up out of nowhere and it was an image of being hurt, um, held down. um, it, it, It felt, didn't necessarily... I couldn't really see much more, but it was more like an image and then a kind of a feeling attached to it of fear and terror. And it was a feeling of being hurt by my dad. Um, I was uh, with a trauma therapist um, as a partner at the time. And of course, this went immediately into, oh my God, this must mean something. But over the course of the next couple weeks to months, it just kind of dissipated because it just didn't, never really came to any kind of fruition. It never really grew any legs. And um, it just didn't go anywhere. I ended up not being in that relationship with the trauma therapist anymore, and I just moved on with my life. And my dad's a very active part of my life still to this day. Um, as a kid, he certainly scared me. Um, he was an intimidating uh, force, um, Marine, um, you know. But but no abuse, nothing like that. Just a scary kind of strict force in my life. Um, not a cuddly pop, you know, like people have, um, but certainly loved me and uh, now is a giant marshmallow as he's aged. But that happened when I was about 30, kind of went away. And then last summer, when I had just a real significant, and we're talking all kinds of anxiety symptoms popping up from panic to um, just fear, free floating fear and anxiety. And I had the thought again, and it wasn't so much about when I was little, it was, it was kind of remembering what I'd remembered when I was 30. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, what happened? Oh my God, it's a terrible thing to think about. And then I spent about six weeks all day, every day, just fighting this thought and getting more and more scared by it. What does it mean? And oh my God, this is going to ruin my family. This is going to ruin me. I don't want to think this terrible thing about my dad. What is it? And about six weeks into it, I finally talked to my mom. And said, "Mom, I'm having this terrible thought." And she actually said, "Sweetheart, I thought we had talked to you about this, but in reality, you know, something did happen. You know, you were three. You had a very, um, very, very, very in, intense um, mouth infection. You were going to have to be hospitalized in order to keep you out of the hospital." We had to keep you, we were to keep you home, but we had to get this medicine in you four times a day that burned and scalded your mouth. It felt like that to you. And so you were hysterical, traumatized. And in order to get the medicine in, your dad would have to hold you down, restrain you, hold your head back, and pry open your mouth. And it was horribly traumatic for us. It was horribly traumatic for you. We'd hoped you wouldn't remember it, but you know, it it definitely happened and it was in the bathroom in New Jersey. It wasn't the green bathroom. It was the yellow bathroom, but this did happen. Well, I got, you know, immediately I felt this like, oh, thank God. But then an hour later, my brain was like, well, what if there's more? What if, what if this isn't what I'm really thinking about? What if I'm thinking about another time? What if, and my brain just wouldn't let it go. And so it was my first real experience of intrusive thoughts and also just the inability to kind of let it go. Sometimes it would morph into, oh my God, what if I hurt a child in my family? What if I did something? What if I do something? Sometimes it'll morph into like, what if my whole life was a lie? What if nothing I believed to be true was true? Really like sinister, scary, you know, fear-based kind of thinking. And I began to try to research it, and you know, found false OCD, and then I found real OCD. And I guess mine kind of falls in this category of there is something there. Uh, there was an event with my dad. I did have a fear of my dad. You know, not because he would hurt me, but just because he was a strict guy who traveled a lot and was never home. So I had this like mix between like a real event and a false because the memory around it was not quite right you know it wasn't in the right bathroom it wasn't um it happened in the context of being helped but um but it was amazing how the reassurance you know getting the right story i felt like should have shut the whole process down but it didn't and i'm assuming that's kind of how this operates in general right like oh i think i ran somebody over with my car i don't have that thought but I have no people that do, and they go back and check and there's there's no sign of the accident and they think, well, maybe it's been already cleaned up or maybe I won't hear from the police till tomorrow. So the reassurance just kind of grows the story and morphs it out further. So I just wanted your kind of your take on this if this is something you'd ever seen where it's it's attached to something real, but the story wasn't really clear and it was fuzzy. And so there, it's almost like a mix between a false event and a real event. I hope this was as clear as mud, but I'm just trying to get some understanding about it. And I'm assuming the best way through it is the exact same way, which is basically saying, um, uh, I'm 51, I'm clearly safe right now. There's no, there's no danger in front of me. Um, but I think what it does is it attaches to this idea of, oh my God, why am I thinking these thoughts? They're, they're they're hurtful thoughts. I don't want to hurt my family. I don't want to think these things. And they just kind of grow legs and arms. Um, so just didn't know if you'd had any experience with that um, and what your thoughts were. Thanks so much.
0: All right, Jen. Well, I I really do appreciate you sending this in. Um, and it sounds like you've been going through a, a, a ton in this past year to have this kind of explode on you in a sense in this past year is overwhelming it's it it's enough to just have these intrusive thoughts but to kind of kind of go through the majority of your life without a a ton of intrusive thoughts or you know struggling with intrusive thoughts and then at the age of 51 or i suppose at 50 it would have uh, kicked in um, to have it all show up then oh that that must be so frustrating for you, but uh, but I really do appreciate you sending this in. So, I, so I wanted to first start by addressing or by talking about um, uh, what what real event is or real event OCD is versus false memory OCD. So, I have a, an old episode on real event OCD, um, and in it, I also address false memory uh, OCD as well. Now, these are these are two different subtypes of obsessive compulsive disorder. For anybody who's uh, new to these two terms or new to these um, terms. Um, there's the, the subtypes of OCD. The, the the diagnosis for somebody would just simply be OCD, but we in the OCD community have put together and have kind of grouped different kind of clusters of symptoms, clusters of themes, and, and given them a name. Um, so real event OCD is one of them. False Memories OCD is another one. Um, some of the more popular ones you'll hear, you'll hear like contamination, you'll hear sexual orientation OCD, you'll hear harm OCD. Um, you know, th- those are kind of s- some of the bigger ones. And if I'm not mentioning it, it's not because I don't think it's important. It's it's late when I'm recording this and my brain is fried. So either way, it's um, so real event, real event OCD is, is going to be the 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 ocd cycle it's going to be ocd but the theme is going to surround something that you actually did so one of the things one of the differentiations between real event and and the vast majority of the other obsessions is that or or themes is that um, the in in the in, in other subtypes the thing that someone is worried about hasn't happened whereas in real event ocd they're obsessing about something that actually did happen. So it's going to be ruminating about something they actually said to some somebody, something they actually did. Maybe uh, you know a, a, a mistake they a perceived mistake at the very least, but a mistake they made or a faux pas or an error or uh, you know uh, it could be actually a, a crime that they did. Something that happened that they actually know they did. Not doubt, not question, not wonder, not hope they didn't they know. But then a lot of the, the, the rumination starts coming in about, about what's going to happen because of it. Are they going to receive or, or have to face a bunch of repercussions? Is it going to harm them in any way? Can, can they do anything to rectify it, to make it better, to atone for it? All of those things, and the rumination just goes over and over and over again. That differs from false memory, and these two go together very, very nicely. And you'll hear why. False memory OCD is going to be ruminating. It's going to be themes about whether or not someone's memory that they have, or what they what they believe is a memory, is actually a memory, or is it a false memory? Is it concocted in some way? Is it uh, is it a, a kernel of truth that is then elaborated, or is it just you know cut out a whole cloth? It's just entirely made up, but installed in their brain as fake. And... A lot of the rumination about this is going to be a, is going to be uh, a re- reflecting on the event, comparing it to other information that they know, comparing it, maybe comparing the feel of the memory to other things that they feel more confident about, and do they feel as confident with this one versus that one, and then what does that mean? There can be uh, checking with family members, hey, did this happen, and um, did it happen in this way, and then further follow-up questions, all right, when you say it happened in this way, tell me more about it, or trying to get more information and asking multiple family members. And it can go, it can go on and on. As, as, as we all know, that's kind of what compulsions do. And Jen, you, you kind of alluded to that, and I want to, I want to talk about that here in a moment. But you see how these two things can, are, are really closely related, this uh, real event and false memory, where with real event, something happened, and then this rumination about what that means, what it's, how that's going to impact your life. But then false memory can often jump in, in relation to false memory, or in relation to real event, in trying to fill in the gaps between those memories or between what you you know happened. And then sometimes the more that we think about something, the more that we talk about something with somebody else, the more information we try to gather, it, it can... Our brain can somewhat create these false memories, and there's a, there's a large body of information out there. And I'm certainly not an expert when it comes to false memories, but we we create false memories as as people. This is not to meant to to trigger anybody or to create false memories here, um, but it's one of the the funky things that our brain does. Um, you know, you 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 might hear people talk about you know that that time when they were two and you know remembering being over to friends house or when they were they remember their first birthday party very very often people don't remember those events. I'm saying very often because I, I can't discount or or, or uh, I say everyone's memory is, is false. Um, but oftentimes, a lot of those very early in life memories are created through the stories that families tell, or through seeing pictures or videos of those events. And our brain kind of pulling those together and creating a, a, a memory that feels very real. You're remembering those stories, but we install them in our our brain and it feels like or we get confused with whether or not it's it's real and a lot of people find peace and joy and comfort and happiness from these memories real or not um, and you know it, it, it's one of those things that happen now for you jen it sounds like this has this has taken a, a, a very unfortunate and frustrating and frightening turn so um so one one of the things you said is and and here what i want to get into is you really pointed out the problem with compulsions and especially in the investigating type the reassurance seeking types of compulsions that people do the the intention you, you said you, the, the intention you had of asking more, for more information is, is to have shut down the process. You, you said, you know, getting this story right should have shut down, should have shut the process down, I think you said. In, in other words, is that you, you, you had this memory, you kind of started to question it. And then you you tried to ask your parents for more information, yes, your mom for information, and she told you as much as she remembered. Now, theoretically, that's how memory should work, or that's how information should work for our brain. So we are confused about something, we gather information to answer those questions and those that 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 lack of information. And with that new information, we move forward with the satisfaction and the information. However, that's not what happens with OCD. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you another. And if you want to hear more about this, I'd really recommend you go back and listen to my interview with Carl, Carl Robbins about um, inference-based cognitive behavioral therapy, or IBT. So some of what I'm going to talk about is founded a little bit in, in, that, um, in that approach. But I think it really highlights um, a, a, an element of, of how memory or how information should work and how it kind of unfortunately fails when OCD latches onto it. So, you know, in, he he provides a story, and I'm going to kind of bastardize it here, where it's, you know, if you, if you, um, all right, well, I'll just, I'll make one up since I now can't remember his exact story. Ugh, my brain today. Um, it's kind of like this. If if I'm trying to figure out, um, you know, who, who played bass for Queen, well, I could think about it and try to figure it out or kind of wait. And, you know, sometimes it happens where we, we go, oh, man, who played bass for a queen? And we can't remember anything. We go, Ugh, I just don't know. And we go on with our day and all of a sudden it pops in our brain and we remember. That's great. What that illustrates is our brain is constantly working on things behind the scenes for us. So sometimes, though, it's that we look it up. Right. So. We go to our phone, typically, and we Google it. Back in the day, we used to talk to people and talk to our friends. Hey, man, do, do you remember who played? Was it, was it this person? Because I, I don't remember. Who do you think? Now we just, we just look it up. We just get the information. We go to we go to Google, and we type it in. And Google will tell us it's John Deacon. By the way, it's John Deacon. And he. so you have that information. And now you you go on with life, with the satisfaction that you looked it up, and you know it's John Deacon. And you go, great. Great. Now I can move on to the next thing. That's how it should work. However, OCD jumps in and asks you this question and causes you to doubt the information that you have and the information that you trust and the information that you receive from a trustworthy source. So it might ask the question to me, are you sure It was John Deacon. Maybe you read it wrong. Maybe it was a bad website. Maybe you typed it in wrong. Maybe instead of Queen, you typed in Queens of the Stone Age, and you came up for the bass player for that. I have no idea who the bass player is for that. I'm sure they're great, but it's um, it's going to ask those questions, right? Maybe you read it wrong. Maybe it's not Deacon. It's like Dorkin. I don't know, but it's it's going to ask that. And then if I listen to that and I start, I, I look into it more and I, I start believing this information, rather than, rather than leaning on what I know and trusting myself and trusting my senses, as IBT would put out, you trusting what I read, what I saw with my eyeballs, what I, what I, or what I heard. If I talked to someone, I heard this, and if I, if I heard what they said and I trust what I heard, if I can trust my ears, then I would move forward with it. But instead, I then question what I heard. I question what I read, and I doubt my senses. And I'm going to now jump into doubt and indulge the doubt and follow the doubt uh, into the wilderness to try to figure it out. Now, what what I believe this term is called, or they're calling it inferential confusion. I could be uh, wrong on this term. Again, I'm a wild amateur when it comes to this. Um, uh, uh, Mike, if you're listening, I'm sure you are going to shame me on the interwebs, and that's fine. Um, but either way um i uh, in virtual confusion essentially doubting the information that you got from a reliable source or sources either yourself or, or elsewhere uh, but instead trusting and believing the information supplied by your doubt and imagination so we then go into this imagination and we 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 look around and we try to gather things and we and we ultimately just further confuse ourselves And it it just it just messes things up. And Jen, that's kind of what I'm hearing you doing is you heard this question about you heard this question. Oh no, what if what if um, uh, uh, what if thinking about uh, or what if I could hurt my family, right? Oh, what if I'm thinking about another time, not the medication time. What if this was a whole other time that my dad held me down or I was assaulted or hurt or um constricted or was in pain or there was another trauma what if there was that and it wasn't this thing that i originally had a doubt about my mom told me about and everybody in my family confirmed and they said it was awful and traumatic and by the way jen it sounds awful and traumatic and i'm sorry have as being someone who had to take a bunch of medical stuff when they were very young and go through a lot of very uncomfortable situations um you know i i, I I can, I can kind of put myself in that position, and I just know it's, it's awful. And then your brain goes, yeah, but what if it's not those things? <gasps> it's these other things! And it, it occurred all over the place, and then what if you can't trust anything? What if your whole life is a lie? What if you can't doubt anything? What if you can't believe anything that you, 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 you know about yourself? You see where it could go, and it just spirals. Okay, so instead... You go through this compulsive process, right? Reassurance seeking, um, uh, 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 scenario twisting, perhaps. You kind of go go through, you go through all of your memories. You you go through your friends and family and try to get this information so you know and can shut down that doubt for good. But inevitably, your brain is always going to come up with something new. So what what, what I. What I want to ultimately do with this, and if 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 you are working with me, if I was working with someone else in this situa- similar situation, is that I, I I want you to ultimately trust your compulsive conclusion. Now I don't know if anybody else has come up with that phrase, trust your compulsive conclusion. If not, I think it sounds good. But again, I'm recording very late, and it could be incredibly wrong. But it's for or not, not necessarily wrong. It it could just make no damned sense. Anyways, but trust your compulsive conclusion. In other words, Jen, you've gone through this story a thousand times. You've given yourself reassurances. You've evaluated who you are, what you're about, what you do, what you want, what you value. In order to reinforce what you believe to be true about yourself, that you're not a terrible person, that you won't become one, that you haven't been, that you can trust yourself, that your life is not uh, made up. That you, your experiences and your memory of your experiences are valid. And, and whatever else you've tried to reinforce through your compulsive efforts. And you've come to, I'm willing to bet, you've come to similar conclusions throughout that process. And then doubt comes in again and says, doesn't matter. Go back to the drawing board. Try to figure this out better, fuller, more completely more accurately so you do it again and you end up back at the, the same result i'm willing to bet you end up at the same result again that's your compulsive conclusion i want you to trust that compulsive conclusion but instead it, with compulsions folks will go back into believing and listening to the doubt So, treatment in this is ultimately trusting yourself and resisting that solving process. So, we talk about exposure and response prevention a lot. What you're ultimately doing through living your life is being exposed. Every time you go home and see your parents, or every time you think about them, or see a picture of them, or talk to family members or friends, um, or they talk about their dad— you might think about your dad. You are going to look at a picture. You might think about your dad, and then you are going to think about the story. Your life is full of exposures, and you can do other you can do other exposures certainly. But your life is full of them. Your job ultimately should be, or, or think about um, approaching it in this way, approaching it with a response prevention focus, and that is holding back on the compulsive cycle, compul- holding back on compulsively re- relitigating that doubt. Or indulging the doubtful thought and the doubtful question. So your brain's going to say, though, if you, Jed, if you don't think about this, you're going to miss it. If you don't investigate this again or ask, you're going to, maybe you're wrong. Wouldn't that be awful? Wouldn't that be awful? If you had the opportunity to stop yourself from harming another family member and you didn't take that chance, what if you had the opportunity to figure out what the truth was about your life and you opted not to. <sighs> Wouldn't that be awful? Wouldn't that be unfulfilling? Wouldn't that be disastrous for you? You see how, you see how, how, how um, malicious this OCD can be, right? How malicious this voice can be. And that's what we're doing. We're sitting with that doubt, with that question, and we're moving on. And we're saying, I, "I, I'm ultimately, I'm not going to try to get this answer again. Instead, I'm going to act as if I can trust my compulsive conclusion yet again, and I'm going to trust that that's true, and I'm going to hope that it's true through my actions. I'm going to put that hope into action through my actions." that's redundant i suppose but it's moving forward and acting as if it's true through what you do and what you don't do if it were true if your compulsive conclusion were a fact what would be different about your life what would you do differently right if if i i'm trying to think about a great example if i if i was um All right. Well, this is a bad example, but I'm going to go with it anyways because it's late and I've already told you. Um, What if I'm coming up with excuses for not making any sense? Possible. We'll see. Anyhow, maybe it's this. All right. I am as tall as I am. If I then have a thought that said, "Hey, you're seven feet tall," or "Hey, you're four feet tall," I'm neither one of those things, by the way, but. Let's as my brain says that, and I believe it. Gosh, you know what? I, I'm 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 but I'm gonna buy some clothes that really aren't gonna fit if I believe it. So I measure myself and I ask people and I keep going back to doctors and doing that little height thing, uh, standing up as straight as I can to try to get an accurate height for myself. And um, I, I get my answer every time, but I go, oh, no, I just think it's wrong. All my compulsive efforts in this process, in this very ridiculous example, would be to try to reinforce this thing that perhaps I already know about myself. And I'm going to, instead, what I need to do is then trust that I am the height that I believe that I am and the height that my results are. And act as if it's true by buying clothes that would fit a person who is that height. By not ducking or by not, I don't know. By not ducking, going into a room, right? I don't need to. My brother-in-law does. He's he's a giraffe. He's very tall, but he's um, a delightful person as well. Anyways, if my mother-in-law is listening to this, you know you've seen him. Anyways, so um, what I need to do is trust what my height, what I believe my height to be. Anyways, Jen, trust yourself and sit with that thought. Acknowledge that thought. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe you're going to miss it. Maybe you, you don't really know yourself. Maybe you might harm somebody. And you're going to say, you know what, I might. But until new information arises, I'm not going to do anything about it. All right. So what that means is you've asked your questions, you've gotten your answers. Now, until other people volunteer new information, these are this is information from a trustworthy and reliable source that tells you something different, you're going to trust what you believe to be true about yourself and you're going to put that trust into action through response prevention resisting putting re- resisting rumination resisting compulsive checking reassurance seeking etc and moving forward with your life and trusting your compulsive conclusion so there there are uh, there are other exposures you could, certainly could do You you could script out what this story means for you. You could watch movies about people not uh, uh, believing themselves or not, um, or having false memories. Um, You know, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind comes to mind. I'm trying to think of other good movies that would qualify for this. Um, either way, I'm sure there's a ton out there. But Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is probably a good place to start to sit in this discomfort and to allow that anxiety to be there and to pass. As it always will. Anyhow, Jen, I, I would encourage you to start there. And I know this. I know this can be so terrifying. But if you aren't working with a therapist, I would encourage you to chat with them about these things further. Um, but um, uh, uh, but and, and if you are fantastic, and I, I, I really hope that you are making progress in this. But um, but I'll leave it there for now. If anybody else, um, and I think I'll just kind of slide the music, the ending music in here. Um, that uh, that Nick likes apparently. Um, uh, I like it too. So Nick, you're good people. But um. If anybody has feedback for this or has, has some ideas related to this, you can always go over to fearcastpodcast.com and you can go send me a message there uh, with your uh, feedback and I'll, I'll tag that onto a future episode. Um, if you think I'm completely wrong, also fine, let me know. Um, if you want you can also let me know over at Instagram um, over at Instagram I am Fearcast Podcast uh, to no surprise. Um, but again fearcastpodcast.com is going to be the best way to get a hold of me. Um, but I suppose Instagram, I will uh, interact in real time. So anyways, pick your poison on that one. Um, so everybody, uh, please remember that uh, the FearCast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you need a little bit of help in your recovery, you can go over to fearcastpodcast.com and you can uh, uh, go, click on the find help link and there's going to be some information there that might point you in the right direction. So everybody, until next time, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye.